0: Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku the host of the sexy aging podcast and author of my menopause memoir I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it in my podcast you'll have all your questions on midlife health fitness longevity career changes and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favorite podcasts. My Sexy Aging Lifestyle course launched last month and I couldn't have been happier with the response by women who've taken the course. Here's what Fiona, a Canadian fitness professional and trainer for CanFit Pro had to say. I really enjoyed the chapter-based learnings on video. Tracy knows her stuff and is super engaging. As a 26-year veteran of the fitness industry, there's always more to know and to keep us going through the next 26 years. This course is a great place to dig deep and come away with tools and tips, not just for yourself, but for clients. Thanks, Fiona. My goal is that this course is for all women, those who want to know about menopause and those going through it now. The course will help you understand your body and the easy hacks you can start today to successfully implement and support your symptoms. I have a podcast exclusive discount without an expiry date if you're interested go to www.sexyaging.com and use the code SEXYAGING10 for 10% off this course. I'll put that in the show notes. See you there. Seaburn is a former LA-based celebrity facialist with over 20 years of experience personalising and tailoring skin health at all ages for her clients. Working with A-list celebrities, she quickly earned a reputation as the go-to girl for beautiful glowing skin. She worked as Terry Hatch's personal therapist, as well as taking care of Desperate Housewives cast members Marsha Cross, Brenda Strong, and Academy Award-nominated Australian actress Rachel Griffiths. Now based in Sydney, Ingrid Seaburn's Skin Health Studio is the buzz of the nation as one of the top 10 go-to destinations for glowing skin. Her client list includes singing superstar Delta Goodrem, fashion icon and PE Nation's co-founder and it girl Pip Edwards, journalist and TV presenter Jessica Rowe, supermodel Bambi Northwood-Blythe and E! News presenter and today's show entertainment reporter Renee Barg, just to name a few. Catching up with Ingrid was a blast. I've been looking for a credible skincare expert to help me understand the changes to my own skin during perimenopause, and I got the answers from Ingrid. We finished the episode dissing the words aging and celebrating what it means to be sexy in your 50s. And welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I have Ingrid from the Ingrid Seaburn Skin Health Studio, one of Sydney's top 10 clinical skin treatment destinations. Welcome to the show, Ingrid. It's awesome to have you here.
1: I'm so excited to join you, Tracy. Thank you so much
0: for having me. Yeah, I, I mean, why I'm excited is I sort of shared a little bit about uh, with you, you know, before we started uh, recording this episode. So yeah. I mentioned how I was based up in Southeast Asia, and then I relocated back to New Zealand 18 months ago, and my skin went cray cray. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, some of it I'm aware of is that you know I um, I am perimenopausal, and I know that hormones do affect um, a woman's skin in this stage of life. But yeah. um, I was like, okay. Who can I talk to? I need to know. I need to speak with someone who knows their shit and looks oh. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so good lighting helps. Good, good lighting, lighting helps. Yeah, we can learn that from you as well. So Ingrid, um, tell us a little bit. Well, tell us a lot about yourself. I love to hear people's background stories. Like, how did you get into this? And you've actually also spent quite a lot of time overseas. And um, you. One more thing. You're known as the celebrity skin. Person, I I am, which I always
1: feel a bit um, you know, silly saying that, but I guess that is sort of part of the brand, and and I guess I have done that. So um, but you know, when I say that, it's like it it that is part of the brand, but every every client is a celebrity. They're me, all special, so yeah. They're all special. Honest to yeah. God, I love them all. So, but I um I started off. I mean, I I moved to LA when I was gosh almost. No, I was 30. And I had worked in music in Sydney and Melbourne, you know, sort of through my 20s, nothing to do with skincare. Went overseas, met my now ex-husband and um, wanted to change in direction. So I started to train in skincare there. And LA was sort of obviously uh, the mecca of, of skin science, you know, glamour, celebrity, all that fabulous stuff, which I loved. And I I just really, really wanted to learn a lot. And it was a great place to learn. So I did my training. We are actually going back 20 years. I can't believe I'm saying that, but 20 years. So the training was really great because obviously California and the US, you know, very, um, very ahead of the game with, you know, the latest in technology, the latest in skin science, all that stuff. So I felt like I was able to learn Um, in the best in the best place. It was a great place to set up a business. I got married. I started having kids and it was sort of like I eased into it because I was honestly, you know, very intent on starting a family. And I thought, I'll just do this on the side. So it, you know, on the side quickly became quite a, quite a, a a full-time thing because LA is a funny place, like Hollywood's a funny place because you kind of get, um If you are in, you're in. It's a bit, you know, it's clicky. It's kind of like Sydney's a bit like that too. It's a bit, you know, Bondo's a bit, it's clicky. It's not who you know, it's, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So I just got very lucky and um, through a girlfriend who was working on uh, Desperate Housewives at the time, introduced me to a couple of the actresses who were on that show. And um, I really, was just in the right place at the right time to uh, start taking care of them. But having said that, it wasn't all luck because I think honestly, I'm not very good at many things, but skincare is just something that I just, you know, have a, a natural uh, talent for, I guess you'd call it. Well, everyone, and I, think I guess a lot it's, it's your it's purpose. In the touch.
0: Right. It's, it's your purpose. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's the touch. And I just, but I was always intent on doing things my own way, and um, and learning more and more as I went along, and just being, um, you know, the best therapist that I could be. So experience you can't buy, or you can't, you know, but and that sort of has come over time. But I I was lucky because once I was sort of in with that crowd, so to speak, it, it then you get referred, and then you're trusted, and then you're but you have to also back that up with good work and knowledge. And um, I worked really hard and I loved it, though. I loved it. So if someone wanted to see me at, you know, any, like uh, call me at two o'clock and say, can you come at three o'clock? I would say yes. Yeah. Because I just, you know, it was, but it was great. It was so much fun. And, um, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity I never never took it for granted so the glamorous side of it was doing things like i um, prepping for Golden Globes and um, the Emmys and things like that where you just kind of pinch yourself and think like oh this is so cool
0: yeah
1: I'm at Terry Hatcher's house and you know I'm doing her face and you know, the makeup people are arriving next and the, the chauffeur comes and then, then she go off to the Emmys or the, you know, the Golden Globes and, you know, I, I would I would be like, I just can't believe, like, that is so cool. It was fun. Yeah, it is so it was cool.
0: So who was your favourite client? Are you allowed to say... Yeah. Are you allowed um, to, like, rank them? <laughs> no, and, and, you know, some some I mentioned,
1: some I don't. Because it's yeah. really, like, privacy is a really big thing.
0: Yeah, and, I appreciate um, that, but I kind of do want yeah. you to tell me.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? The, the, my favourite was um, Rachel Griffiths, who is an Australian actress. Yeah. So for me, you know, there's that clique in Australia too, in, in the US, of Australians. When you meet another Australian, and I was there for... 13 years so I was there for a long stint and you know kids born there and all that stuff so but Rachel was when you meet other Australians I met her through I used to go to the the G'day LA uh, event every year which was fabulous but Rachel was just so down to earth and she was and still is one of the best actresses around yeah she's now chosen to come back to Australia so she's been back for a while too but when she was in the US, I mean, she was on a lot of big shows. There was a show called Brothers and Sisters. She did um, some great movies. And she just, as a client, she was so down to earth that um, I can remember her with her third baby literally, um, and she would be fine with me saying this, like breastfeeding her baby yeah. while she was having her facial. And, like, I thought that's so strange. Like, she's so relaxed, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. she was just... Gorgeous, but yeah, but everyone was lovely, you know. But Americans are different to Australians or New Zealanders, they're kind of, you know, it's just they're just different. But, but, um, everybody was fantastic, honest to God. Um, Terry Hatcher was, was probably my biggest client in terms of, um, at that time, she was huge. I mean, she was really having her moment, and, um, and she was, uh, just delightful I mean just and beautiful like yeah. not not hard to work on and I have some terrifying sort of stories about her but um but I used to go to her house so um that was always fun yeah and George Clooney lived on that street so I was always thinking George if you ever ever <laughs> <laughs> sadly he never needed a treatment
0: well you just so, slipped yeah. Terry a note that to ask to pastor, oh. George right Oh, should have yeah should
1: have and hindsight yeah yeah anyway but anyway yeah. so so that was a lot of fun so um so that was LA and then I moved back my um marriage fell apart and but it was you know not going well for a long time and I think that um you can live in paradise and be horribly um unhappy because of what would have was going on in your marriage or your personal life so that was that was tough so i really felt like i was wanting to come home and um and i didn't really want to have the kids go to high school in america and so we lived in a great place and you know la was great but um so it was sort of time to come home tracy and mm. um unfortunately we sort of had come home to start again and you know it it didn't didn't go well. So my ex husband went back to the US. He's American, and um, so I so raised the kids here for the last for the for the hard bit.
0: Yeah, the teenage years.
1: Yes. Woo! And um, mm-hmm. my kids are now twenty and eighteen, sort of going on twenty one, nineteen, and um, and I had to literally start again here because um, I and this is sort of, I think a lot of women will relate to this, nothing to do with skin, but
0: uh, the financial part
1: of divorce. Like, and this is what, like so many of my my clients, like I was saying before, we have so much in common, you know, our life, our lives sort of turning out in in unexpected ways and Mm -hmm. having to deal with that and um, go into survival mode and do all that stuff. So um, I kind of just had to start again because all our finances, life life was all over there and um, I couldn't get any access to it. So um, people would say, why didn't you just start a clinic straight away? And I'd be like, I I couldn't. So it was really a tough sort of, you know, the last sort of eight years has been like, I'm kind of proud of myself because I really have been in survival mode and I've worked really hard to kind of get back to that place and great yeah, and, and and I know, you know
0: a lot of women will resonate with that I yeah. have I actually have quite a few close friends that are single mums that have also going through that journey not accessing the finance yeah. to support their own children and yeah. just having to grind but manage to pick it up and take it you know take it to a place that they never thought possible but they had no option right that's the key yeah because
1: people say oh how do you do it well I had no option. What else was I going to do? Like yeah, do up in fetal position in a corner. Like you just can't, especially when you've yeah. got kids. So, yeah. you know, that was sort of, that was a huge thing for me and a huge part of my story actually. That, yeah, well, you should also... be so proud. Thanks, So awesome. Thank yeah. But it resonates yeah. with so many women because yeah. there's some women who sort of come out of divorce and, and I'm not bitter or anything. Like I'm not like, oh, you know he got this and he did that but but there's a lot of women that come out and they they get a fair shake of things but there's a lot of women that you know like me that there wasn't child support whatever it was and I think in a way it just makes you stronger and you just feel so proud of the fact that you have done the hard yards and there's definite reward in that so and it also makes me even more passionate about what I do. And I love what I do. I still yeah. love it.
0: Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well, I mean, oh, if, this yeah. w- if this was the only part of the podcast, it would be so inspirational. Oh. Um, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: That's okay. I never share it, actually. I never share it, like, I've never shared it, like, like publicly. Because you don't want people to think, like, oh, God, another, you know, like it's not nothing to do with skincare but i do think it's just such a common thread with women of my age
0: yeah i agree no yeah a hundred sort of part of it yeah
1: um yeah well that's it and then then i got that then i set up here and i've been here for three years and i just worked and i'm in bondi and i just worked very hard to do all that so yeah so here i am yeah yeah yeah. so i'm
0: going to ask you some questions on skin yes. oh, <laughs> yeah. that turned into like
1: a silly life story but anyway oh no
0: it was beautiful and i think actually if someone asked you if they wrote it down like if they interviewed you for a woman's magazine or something it might not come across the same as actually hearing you say yes. it so I, yes. I i feel honored i appreciate that oh thank you yeah as we age Yes. I love aging. Uh, you know, I just think about all the amazing things that come with aging. But one of the things that is challenging is our skin changes. Yes. Can you, can you tell me about that? Like, what's actually happening to our skin, like physiologically and mm-hmm. things like stress? Do they actually, does it really affect your skin? Can you open up that can of worms for us?
1: <laughs> sure. And it's a huge can of worms. So, um, but for aging, I mean, aging really, the definition of aging, is the slowing down of cellular renewal. So if you think about every cell, your body is a bunch of cells, every cell in your body as you get older, slows down in the way that it renews because every cell renews and regenerates. Mm-hmm. So if you think about your skin as the largest organ and that cellular renewal, that as we get older, that, that slows down. So what happens is, your, and this is just from a purely skin point of view, your ability to manufacture collagen, to turn over that cell, cellular rate, that rate of renewal, that all comes to a much slower sort of pace. So with that, um, your skin is no longer functioning like younger skin. Mm. And um, a lot of factors are involved in that you, and all of them are a part of it. One is not, you know, it's not just one thing. It's not just your skincare, though um, that's very important. And I think that's a, a huge part of it that a lot of women don't realize. But also obviously lifestyle UV damage, you know, obviously, it takes its toll over a period of time. But from a from a when you talk about um, aging with the cellular renewal, the other thing that happens is that as we get older, and you would know this, that we our hormonal uh, levels change, and that's yes. part of what what we talk about with perimenopause and menopause. Mm-hmm. And what happens is those three big hormonal, uh, or hormones, estrogen, progesterone, which are the two female ones, and then testosterone. So they're the big three. The estrogen uh, starts to uh, slow down the, the, the formulating or the, the, um, the production of estrogen in your body and progesterone and the balance of it. Yeah. So, you know, when your estrogen goes like that, Estrogen plays a huge role in the uh, production of collagen and the plumpness of your skin and the youthful look of your skin and and always, always the the youthful functioning of of your skin, you know, how it sort of is. And and that's that's something that um, all of a sudden women get to a certain age and they go, oh, my God, like my skin is so dry, it's breaking out. Um, I'm so sensitive, it's awful. And that's because there's a lot going on. Your hormones are a hot mess. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what happens with those breakouts, those perimenopause, because all of a sudden, it's not so much that you, and every woman can have different levels of, 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 of activity, but um, your hormone levels are just misbehaving and they're uh, out of whack and you know the testosterone and then and then you and then the more estrogen you lose sometimes that makes the balance a bit more testosterone right so that's when you get the breakouts and the and then some people become more um sensitive with progesterone and then you start trying different supplements and different skin and then it becomes just so messy that people go i don't even know i thought i was done with all this right you know um and it's it, and it can be not either or. It can be both at the same time. You can have breakouts, but really dry skin. Yeah. So that's that's what happens, you know, with with aging. So, um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, I've got a question that leads from that. So, yeah. would you? This is interesting because I don't know how it is in your world with um treatments and your clients and them talking to you so i'm not asking you to share in any detail but you know there is sort of two camps at the moment there are people that are really happy to talk about menopause and then there are the others that are like oh hey i'm not having that conversation would you be able to tell from a client's skin that they might have started perimenopause even if they haven't spoken of it I want to share with you some very cool stuff happening in the podcasting world. Every day I learn something new about podcasting and I've come across an all-in-one audio super app called Newsly. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics that you choose at any given moment and will read them to you in a natural human voice. This means that the entire web has become listenable and all in one place. Topics such as sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even about the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts from up to 80 countries. Sexy Aging is there. I'm going to add their link in the show notes as well as a promo code to a one month free premium subscription. Do you think that you'd be able to pick that up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so what are you noticing, especially in a client that you've probably yeah. been seeing for a number of years? What I
1: see is uh, a, a level of well, suddenly people—not everyone—but sometimes they start to break out here, which is yeah, the me. hormonal area. I have yeah. that.
0: You can't and see you it because I've got that like,
1: sometimes too.
0: Yeah, like, I get like, a
1: little bit here. That's not spot. so much hormonal, but that can no. just be that can be. dryness right yeah right yeah so um what i what i see is um breakouts occurring that might not necessarily people go well i'm 46 why am i getting breakouts and then the other thing is that their skin becomes a lot more surface dry yeah so they're what we call surface dehydrated so that there's two levels in your skin there's a you know your dermis which is like the engine room and then the epidermis which is the top layer so their, their epidermis become sort of dry, just dry, like they, can't, they always feel like their skin's dry. And the most, um, most interesting one is the sensitivity, the reactiveness. So their skin's immune response, because your skin has its own immune response, its own sort of immune reaction becomes, they become more sensitive. So um, you go like that and they just go red. Like it's just, the skin just goes, I can't, what are you doing to me now? Yeah. So they're the three. And, um, and I can tell when women's hormone, hormonal changes are starting to happen because those are the symptoms from a skin point of view.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I, you've absolutely ticked all the boxes for, for me, you know, like uh, yeah. I have, have had and continue to have those issues. So yeah. I guess my my next question is like, what can I do? <laughs> Help there's me, Ingrid. There's a lot you can do, but
1: the the most important thing is that you understand that um it's not a a one
0: shot stop. So
1: the right. Like, yeah, one
0: one fix for all kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's really not. It. And yeah,
1: or um, if there's not a magic cream that fixes it, you know, so. And it's accumulative. The thing I say to my clients all the time is like, skincare is like, it's such an accumulative process, good skin. Like you don't just wake up overnight, you know, in your fifties and go like, well, I've done nothing. And, you know, now like I need it all fixed. Like it's it's not that easy, but from a hormonal point of view, what you have to do is, um, first of all, I'm not a doctor. So I can't advise on, you know, what you want to do hormone balancing wise but i will tell you this from a personal point of view i am on hrt i started it and i say it for me i don't that's not anyone else's decision or you know everyone's got a personal view on that but for me i weighed it up and i wanted the the hrt for estrogen
0: yeah same so i i I have progesterone and estrogen and yeah um definitely it's helped. Mm.
1: so the hormone thing is really. You know, that's not my department because I can't advise on that. I'm not a doctor, but I would say, go see your doctor, get your hormones checked, hormone levels, and then discuss what your options might be. You know, whether you think it's worth the risk, you know, because there's a risk that involved with, you know, breast cancer for certain, like there was a study years ago. And, and if you have all that information, then you make that decision. From a um, topical point of view, you um, have to really think more about protecting the epidermal lipid barrier. So that is doing things that are not aggressive on your skin um, from a topical, like with the epidermis. So we used to do a lot of really harsh peels and really aggressive microdermabrasion and all that stuff. Um, So it's time to sort of go easy on that stuff and do things that will build and soothe and sort of soften and not irritate your epidermis so um, the the most the best ingredient to look for serums are always where you spend your money
0: okay this is the The stuff i want to know now like you know from a from a um products perspective like where would you i mean and there's so many words and stuff i don't know like (laughs) so you can help us with this like what do we really need like you really, what you really need
1: is the the, the two things. So, so if you're working from, this is what I say to clients, that it's really important that you look at um, spending your money on things that go down to your dermis and change the way that your skin functions at a cellular level. That's where you spend most of your money. They're, they're your investments. Things like uh, vitamin A, which is retinol. People get really confused about vitamin A because um this is a whole other thing but it has a conversion process in your skin in your body and full strength retinoic acid is very harsh mm. and years ago it came in as sort of a, 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 a treatment for oily skin and for acne and it's effective because it regulates oil production and it, it just changes it's what it's the star ingredient of the last 20 years it changes or reverses a mutated cell so i can reverse damage but it can be very irritating in that full strength so but you want to get so then in the conversion retinol, retinaldehyde, retinoic acid. Most companies will use retinol, which is the first stage of conversion. You'll see in mm-hmm. serums retinol, N O L.
0: Yeah, N O L. Yeah, got it. But retinaldehyde,
1: second stage. You know, to me is is retinol is good, but retinaldehyde little more effective. You know, you want to use a vitamin A that your skin will tolerate. The key word is tolerate but you need vitamin A to slow down aging. There's okay. no getting out of it. You just, but you need it at a rate, a percentage and with a delivery system that your skin will tolerate. So that's where you spend your money. The other thing is vitamin C, but not all vitamin C's are equal. So antioxidants in general, are you know, like with, there's lots of different things that you can do, but vitamin C stimulates collagen production. Um, and again, you want your vitamin C in. Uh, if you're going to look at, say, if you've got your cupboard full of products, I always say you can go a little bit less expensive on the cleanser and the moisturizer because they're sort of like the ends But then you really do your research and go more more medical grade on your serums because they're your investments. So get a good vitamin C serum, good vitamin A serum. So they're going to change how your skin functions at a cellular level. They're going to start to slow down that aging process. And you know that's, that's part of, if you think about, you want your skin to act like younger skin. So that's mm. gonna help it to act. From a topical, that epidermal barrier that we talk about, that's when you want to use ingredients like niacinamide, which helps, which is B3, which helps your skin to um, strengthen that barrier uh, it improves your skin's immune response, and you want to build up a better relationship with your skin that that it won't be afraid of what you're going to do to it. So you want to get that nice balance of you know feeding all that those active ingredients into your dermis, and then being really uh, soothing and and gentle with your epidermis, so that you're not Doing anything aggressive that is going to play havoc with that that lipid barrier, which is, is sort of over many years gets really messed up. Yeah, um, and that's sort of a new thing in skincare too that we talk about now. So, um, so they're sort of the things that you 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 need to do. You can't really um, solve it all unless you do really dermal active ingredients.
0: Yeah okay
1: that's where it sort of changes how your skin acts
0: okay got it so yep so we've got vitamin a and retinol. we've got vitamin c and the third ingredient was niacinamide is
1: b3 so they're sort of like the big ones like and peptides are another thing so um amino acid peptides in, in um skincare are proteins that, that strengthen the bonds, the collagen bonds. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the other problem. When you lose estrogen, everything gets a bit like that, right? Yeah, loose so and the, hanging and, yeah. yeah. So the food, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The jowls we Yeah, yeah. For the problem, yeah. yeah. It's a lovely word, jowls. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, so that that's really important. But um, if you have a good active ingredient serum, Routine at home, then you're ahead of the game. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, I wanted to talk to you about rosacea. I actually have had a couple of clients through the podcast say, Can you ask a skincare expert about yeah. um, rosacea? Because it just seems to be something very, very difficult for people to get a handle on. Yeah. It, cu- it could flare up under so many different conditions. Yeah. And for me personally, I've had it off and on over the years and I got it down to alcohol (laughs) (laughs) which just like oh you've got to be kidding Uh me take away my last great fun night uh just so I wake up the next day with you know itchy dry red raw skin um so yeah can you share with us like you know what what's your understanding of rosacea and what's the most common um reason that someone would flare up with it
1: So uh, rosacea is a really common problem for more mature women because rosacea is a result of many years of damage. And when I say damage, it's many years of your skin um, going through what it perceives as trauma. And trauma can be um, UV, sugar, Um, alcohol which is sugar yeah um you know lifestyle habits um what you eat all that stuff you know so, so so if your body is um has been through all that and that actually i should include aggressive skincare treatment sometimes like aggressive skincare treatments, like what we call trauma-based treatments are great. Then they're, they're necessary, like needling and, you know, so like it's necessary, but what has happened for a lot of women now who've kind of developed rosacea is that over a period of time, they've done uh, too much trauma to their skin. And when you do a tr- anything trauma-based, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm veering away from, you know, the, re- the reasons to, some of the treatments that happen, and, and then what happens to skin after that many treatments? If you do like a peel, and you ask your skin to heal from that trauma, because a peel, like a high yes. percentage glycolic peel or something, is a uh, your your body perceives as a wound, so it's reacting to an injury. Right? Mm-hmm. You put acid on, you burnt your skin you're asking your body to go into wound healing mode. So that's what what the definition of a trauma-based treatment is, a trauma-based heal or whatever. If you don't allow your body or your skin to heal from that inflammation, that short-term inflammation, which is natural and necessary for the wound healing to begin, then you, run into problems. And what women were doing was doing like a peel and then sort of like doing another peel, and then doing yeah. a microglomeration and then doing like um, glycolic at home and then do, doing all this stuff. And their skin was just going, I haven't even had a chance to heal yet. So what happens over a period of time is that rosacea is just your skin's reactiveness to trauma, right? Mm. So your skin just goes like, oh my God, what are you doing to me now? and whatever that trauma is, whatever you're sensitive to, some people it's like uh, alcohol, you know, it sort of flares up that literally those messages in your body say, we need to come to that area to heal the wound or this is our reaction to it. Yeah. That's trauma-based rosacea. And rosacea really is like, uh, it can be like, it's literally broken capillaries. So then it sort of feeds into your skin's immune response and your skin's ability to deal with all the trauma.
0: Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah, it does. So and then also, you've
1: just got to avoid those those things that you know are the triggers.
0: Yeah, I know. Actually, when you said the list, I'm like, yeah, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. you know, like growing up on the beach, right, in New Zealand yeah. or or Sydney. Yeah. um and you know back in the day and we never had sunblock or anything so you know that our our teenage years we just right. had sk- skin trauma year after year after year and yeah. it was like a rite of passage yeah and then you know just sort of bad dietary habits through your 20s and sometimes it goes on longer but yeah. um yeah I mean it definitely makes sense to me now and I think also the years that I spent running in the wind yeah you know like out because I was a runner so I'd run yep. and I lived in a really windy part of New Zealand and the, elements, want, the elements the elements will do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes
1: sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so and some people yeah. get it and some people don't, but it depends on what, what your skin's been through and yeah. how your body's decided to react to it. Some so a little people, bit of payback. Yeah for some. <laughs> some oh, people shit. too like it's like genetic, you know, like yeah. it's just like there's just there's so many parts to it. But yeah um but that's that's the reason.
0: Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for spending the time to clear that up because I have, have, I actually have asked other people too, and I didn't really get a full, comprehensive answer. So yeah, that was brilliant. Um, we actually spoke about something sort of offline, and we talked about aging or reverse sexism, as you called it, which I really yeah. liked. Um, so you look amazing. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got the tools and the and the uh, you know products or you you have the ability to tap into looking after your skin and it does yeah. you do look like the brand of well cared for skin so that's awesome yeah. um so you yeah we, we're not going to talk numbers here um yeah. but yeah we were just having a good old kind of girlfriend gas about you know um men at 58 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah tell me about that like yeah what's your take on that
1: well i reckon that I reckon that I reckon. Um, there's a bit of like reverse what's well, ageism, isn't it? It's in yeah. the reverse. So uh, if you see a guy like who is dating who's in his 50s and he's dating a 35 year old woman, no one backs an eye, no one says anything. It's all, it's normal, even younger. But if you have like a, a woman in her 50s and she's dating a younger guy. Then she's a cradle snatcher, or it's a bit weird, or she's desperate, or she's this, or you know, like you couldn't really like her for her. And, and I just think that's sort of society's take on her. But, and so that annoys me because why is that they're that double standard? Like, why, like I like, I like younger men, right? But um, it's just that like I think, why is that a thing? Why yeah. is that a thing? Why does that and also? The, the problem is that um, I do think, which well, actually it's not a problem. I do think that it's great that we now have really good role models that are, are, are women in their 50s like Jennifer Aniston, you know, Liz Hurley, I was saying, summer Hayek, who yeah. else? I mean, all these girls look oh, so Jennifer Lopez. Nice. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, my God. Like, if that's not the definition of sexy in your 50s. And she just rocks it. And, and I just think that kind of there's this new woman in her 50s role model out there that is so inspiring and just, and just says we're still here, we're still sexy, we're still, you know, can wear whatever we want, you know, and we're wise, and we're, and we're, we're just, we're amazing. We're a great yeah. couch. So it's just, I think that's starting to change. But I still do think it's still there's that little bit of reverse. Sexism, or is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You
0: and I are calling it that, and I agree. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm not sure yeah. if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I married a much younger man. Yes,
1: you <laughs> <laughs> and I think I high you. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, I don't think about it much until you know I might have this conversation with someone. I don't think about it at all, but I do possibly think that it keeps me youthful because, yeah. um, you know, I, I I want to I want to keep doing lots of activities i want to keep doing yeah. you know the jogs and the runs and the hikes and yeah. all the things that we like to do together um there's yeah. all of that but um yeah I, I just i think that feeling youthful um i feel youthful yeah you're like you too
1: <laughs> and i say i you know when i say like I, I kind of like younger men people look mostly say, well you know you really should go for someone like your own age well why
0: <laughs> yeah
1: why well why? i mean if you know it's not really age by the way it's not about the age it's about the person all that stuff but i'm just saying from my personal point of view i feel quite young mm, and yes. i still you know i'm still like i i just don't it's just who i am so why am i why do i have to conform to whatever society thinks i don't know it just seems but i do think those role models are changing that a little bit yeah No, I agree. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, so you know, J Lo put out a a documentary recently on Netflix, and I was enthralled. Yeah, Yeah. and I actually cried a few times because she was she was so genuine, and you could feel like the challenges that she's gone through. And yet, I don't think I've seen a woman work so hard. Yeah, and you know, like what about that Super Bowl? I mean, who can keep up with that? Amazing. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. And I did happen to see a little dance video of you, Ingrid. (laughs) I freaking love it. And I think that's one of the reasons I gravitate towards these women that they know who they are. And they find that joy in movement and expressing themselves. And it just makes me go, that's living, that's sexy, you know? Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I love all that stuff. I, did, I used to dance a little bit when I was younger and I still, I still love to do it. So I just do it because it makes me feel happy and, and I enjoy it and, you know, and I, yeah. I share that because, like, it's really just me saying, like, well, I'm just doing stuff that what makes you me love. happy and, like, yeah. yeah, and there's no age limit on what I do or what I, you know, it's, it's it, yeah, I enjoy it. And, yeah. And the sexy part, like, you know, that's all good too. Like we should be like I don't even like the word aging. No, it's I, a, it's a shit it's word, Ingrid. It's a shit word. <laughs> yeah. what what else can we say? But you know, unfortunately we can't stop time. But
0: growing I, Why can't right we use there. growing? I mean, We're still growing, we haven't stopped, you know?
1: I reckon we just I evolving. It's just, yes. It's just yeah. it's just a number, but I don't feel I still as long as I still feel I can do those things and move around and jump around I will continue to do it until I can't
0: yeah oh Ingrid you're such an inspiration and thank you so much for coming on the sexy aging podcast you epitomize I'm gonna say more sexy than aging because aging's a shit word but (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're wonderful thanks um I was just gonna say one thing
1: Uh, One thing I was going to say is like, I was really impressed, like just that your podcast was called sexy aging, because here's the thing, you know, when women talk about aging now, it's like aging gracefully aging, but as if like sexy and graceful are two different things and they're really not, you can still age and be graceful. And like, you don't have to give up your sex appeal when you hit a certain number you know what i mean like it's not like you don't have to like cut your hair a certain way because you're supposed to be do that over 50 or whatever they say like and i love that that your podcast was called that because sexy and aging and graceful aging
0: same thing right yeah yeah Yeah. i just wanted to challenge the norm to be honest i just wanted to create a a talking point that people are like what can you be sexy and aging and i'm like absolutely you can yes yeah, and course, that's why we're yeah. here. <laughs> Just being all sexy. Yeah, thanks Ingrid. <laughs> I've loved it Tracy, thanks. Hey sexy aging podcast listener. Thank you for taking the time every week to listen to these episodes with my amazingly generous guests. Every episode I come away inspired and educated. The production of this podcast is a completely solo effort. I do all the guest sourcing, recording, editing, and marketing, and you help to spread the word, and for that I'm grateful that we gain an average of 500 downloads per episode. So I'm keeping it real here and sharing something with you. I've been approached by brands that would like to sponsor this podcast. Of course, being able to remunerate the time I commit to the podcast, the past 18 months and over 50 episodes, it would be great to get paid a little and keep going here's the thing. I can't just have any brand want to promote their products here. The brands need to be real to us. Would I use this? Do I believe in it? Does it actually work for my audience? So if you know of a brand or you are a brand that you believe would be a complementary partner to Sexy Aging, drop me an email to tracy at sexyaging.com and let's talk. I'll put that email address in the show notes. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did catching up with my guest. If you are enjoying the podcast don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and feel free to rate and review too. For the book, online course, blog, workshops and coach calls subscribe to www.sexyaging.com. that's ageing with an e.